1: Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. How are you doing, Unscrewed Nation? It has been a difficult week, for me anyway, uh, in the nation's history and also personally and yeah, it's just like a lot of tough stuff out there. But I'm trying to keep focused on the good stuff. Like how inspired I am by the young people in Florida who are burning everything up and how adults are taking the lead from them at last. And uh, all the companies that are under pressure from the public that are suddenly dropping their collaborations with the NRA and all of that stuff. There's movement anyway. It's hard to know what it will all add up to. But there are reasons to be hopeful. And I'm trying to focus on that. I'm also trying to focus on the fact that I'm leaving. By the time you hear this, it'll be tonight. That is my big Planned Parenthood event in Tacoma, Washington with all those other fantastic writers and thinkers. So I hope, 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 Seattle and all you Washingtonians, I'm going to see you there. And then on March 8th, on International Women's Day, I'll be back in Boston for the International Women's Day breakfast discussing gender and, and media and the future of women uh, with some other brilliant women at the Simmons International Women's Day breakfast. And then I've got a bunch of stuff coming up after that, including the amazing Persisticon, which is going to be a night of comedy and feminism all to benefit Emily's List and get some progressive women in office in the fall. Um, And that's at the Bell House in Brooklyn with like... Phoebe Robinson and Aparna Nancharla and like this insane roster that I somehow have found my way onto. Um, The tickets are going fast for that so you definitely want to snatch them up if you think you want to be there and you want to be there all of that and lots more spring events are on my website jaclynfreedman.com slash events i have been so loving meeting you uh in the last couple of weeks i've done two events one in portland maine and one in cambridge at the humanist hub and met unscrewed listeners at both of those and every time it makes me so happy and I can like picture your beautiful faces now as I'm talking to you. So thanks to everyone who's been coming up and introducing yourself. Keep coming out. Keep the conversation going. It is what keeps me going. That is for sure. One of the things I want to do with Spare Parts this season is give you little snippets of all of the podcast interviews I did on other people's shows uh, for the launch of Unscrewed the Book. I was totally remiss in promoting those because everything was just going 1000 miles a minute uh, during the book launch. So but there were some really great conversations. And I want to make sure you find out about the other amazing shows that are not just promoting me, but are promoting conversations about how we unscrew the sexual culture. And the first one I want you to check out, uh, I was on in January. It's called the Bad Christian Podcast. And it's this rad conversation with three buddies who were raised in the conservative Christian church and have realized that they've kind of been sold a bill of goods and are just kind of sort out what they believe now, now that they don't just sort of inherently unquestioningly believe everything that that they were raised in in the church. Um, And they had me on to talk about all kinds of stuff. But I felt like mostly it was about them trying to figure out like what part of the messages around sex and shame and judgment that they could let go of that they had held for most of their lives. What I loved about it especially was they were just like really real about the stuff they were grappling with. And also I loved that there was a surprising amount of conversation about orgies. So have a listen to this clip
0: is it okay for me to steer my girls away from orgies or or must I make every effort to put no input into what their sexual ethic may be?
1: (laughs) I mean, a couple of things are true in terms of parenting, one is you can start by thinking about what lessons you're teaching them about their bodies and other people's bodies long before you're thinking about actual sex, right? Mm-hmm. So, not forcing them to kiss and hug relatives or friends that they yes. don't want to kiss and hug, right? That right. their body is their own. But similarly, if they're horsing around with someone who doesn't like, they have to make sure that that other person is having a good time, mm-hmm. right? That we're all responsible if we're interacting with people just physically, interacting with other people's bodies, that we're making making... making sure that that other person welcomes that interaction. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to an extreme end to find this, but let's just say my 18-and-a-half-year-old daughter informs me that she and five of her other friends are going to go do this really cool orgy thing they've got worked out, and they're all way into it.
1: Uh, I mean, okay. So let's say your daughter's eighteen and she's going off with five friends to have an orgy. I mean, ja-
0: Jacqueline's I, like, please stop with the orgy. No, I'm like, just pushing. No, I'm, I'm just pushing don't... an extreme here, of course. I, I am
1: one hundred percent not scandalized by <laughs> right, this scenario. Right. Um, so let's say that's what's happening. I mean, I would have a lot of questions. The first is, how much experience does she have with sex in general? Does she feel? emotionally ready and does she have the resources to be handling this kind of interaction so there's a great Mm -hmm. website called scarletteen.com which is my number one favorite resource for young people and sex on the web and they have an emotional readiness checklist for sex um and this is not we're going to get to the orgy i promise (laughs) i have questions that that come up before we get to multiple partners right so and then the first one is are they prepared for both for themselves for what might happen with mm-hmm. sex and also to take care of a partner? And that's there's no strict age as to what place, you know, teenagers might be ready for that. Different teenagers develop differently. So I would first make sure that she's emotionally ready for sex of any kind, um, you know, and whether she's thought through, you know, not just. This might be fun, but also like Mm -hmm. if this goes badly, like what if this hurts our friendships? You know, if she's friends with those five people or what if I get pregnant or what if I catch an STI or, um, you know, thinking through the things that might happen and whether she feels prepared to take on those risks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, what is she doing to make sure that she's doing it safely and whether all of those people are going to feel safe? During that interaction, how mm-hmm. are they going to take care of making sure of each other's consent? Right. Like, I think that when you sit down and encourage people to talk through and really think deliberately about this stuff, uh, that's more important than whatever specific act they might be doing. So you don't have to say, sure, honey, whatever. right? <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Right. That's right. To, right. To avoid shaming. Right. Like, as, as yeah. that's the right. point, it's like, of course, I don't want to be shaming, but I wouldn't feel right. shaming. I'd feel compelled to take some action there. And I suppose a more. But, like a harder one, which is more complicated, would be I'm trying to find the lame the the area which would actually be inappropriate shaming is what I'm actually looking for here, yeah, so let's say it was a forty year old couple, Toby and his wife come to me and say, "We're thinking about doing a three way with somebody. I would still go I still would be inclined to advise them against that because it seems like that doesn't go so well from what I gather. I'm not the most informed person, but it seems like that often leads a lot of complications. It's probably not a great idea. I don't think you should do it. Is that is that I mean, reasonable advice thing. to give your friend?
1: I would say to my friend, "Wow, that sounds like a big decision. like you know you guys feel like you're up for it. You might raise mm. some of your concerns, but I might encourage you to do some research. Like there are people who have threesomes inside a relationship who that do go well. It's true that when look, I tend to, I, just for transparency, I prefer monogamy and I, I have had group sex, but I don't like it because it is really complicated. Yeah. And I find it like, enough of a challenge to have one relationship. Right. Um, <laughs> like that's a lot of work, I agree. Uh, I but, but that doesn't mean that what works for me doesn't, you know, is what works for somebody else. So, and, and the idea also that the best sexual decision is always the one with the least risk is one that I like to interrogate. Mm -hmm. Right. So some people like to go bungee jumping and some people would Mm -hmm. hate to go bungee jumping, but we don't say to our friends, like, that's risky you shouldn't do it We say are you taking all the right safety precautions are you make sure you're going with a professional with a good reputation like you want to encourage them to mitigate that risk as much as they can but not we don't encourage people in any other area not to take any risks so I might want to know about why Toby and his partner want to have this threesome what what positive outcomes they hope might happen um, and whether they've thought about the things that could go wrong. And I might also do some reading. I mean, I don't know if this would be in the context of opening up the relationship in general or just a one-time adventure, but there's a lot of books and resources out there. Uh, There's Tristan Mm -hmm. Taramino's uh, opening up, and there's The Ethical Slut that talk about this kind of stuff, the bad things that can happen, and ways to work around them. Again, that is The Bad Christian Podcast, and the whole episode is so great. You should go have a listen and check out their show. I want to thank them again for having me on. I have one more treat for you today that I've been saving. When I interviewed Tina Horn for last week's episode, Porn Stars Are People, I finally got to ask her a question that's not as political as my usual conversation, but it'd been kind of eating at me for like a bunch of years, which is why do we call anyone who's ever once been in a porn a porn star?
2: I don't really know what the origin is of calling adult film performers porn stars it would maybe be an interesting investigation but I kind of think of it as like I don't think that this is probably the re- the origin of the reason for this but I think it's kind of nice because there's so much stigma against pornographers and sex workers and and, and porn stars are you know some of the most highly visible targets of that stigma because of the nature of the kind of work that they do. Um, and so I think that, and I, you know, I, there's like an old sex work joke that like porn is like the only job that you only have to do once and then you're a star.
1: Yes, I've, I. that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's always sort of like been strange to me like you know if you've been in a movie that's not porn no one is calling you a movie star
2: they're calling you an actor so my so my caveat to this would be I I mean I I actually you know what I'm just gonna drag my ex right now a different ex than the one I was talking about (laughs) um uh, I've I've been slutting around for a long time folks um but uh I I made um during my like heyday in like bay area queer porn scene i made a couple like two scenes with my boyfriend at the time and he was such a piece of shit and he like you know, I was a sex worker when I met him. I was a sex worker through the entire time that we dated. And he had a lot of hypocritical attitudes and behavior around that. But he he did, like, two scenes with me. And then all of a sudden, every conversation that comes up about sex work, he's like, well, you know, like, I'm a porn star. So, like, my <laughs> perspective on this is, like, da 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 uh-huh. And so, you know, I mean, I think that that you know it might be a little bit overblown to to compare that to like other forms of cultural appropriation but like just in the sense that like i think that some people are appropriative in in the sense that they want the edginess and the glory of the thing but then when it comes time to actually like deal with being marginalized or stigmatized they actually have a great deal of social mobility a- away from that so mm-hmm. so you know while i want to say like anybody that ever makes porn is a star also now that everybody can you know according to scientific american half of us are making sexual material on our devices um so you know the more that people are sharing naked pictures of themselves or making sex tapes or whatever I don't know, I, I, it might change to the point where it's like if you're a professional, then you're a star and otherwise you're just a fucking amateur.
1: And there you have it. Thanks again to Tina Horn for indulging me. If you have not listened to our conversation on last week's episode, you definitely should check that out. She's just so smart and I always learn so much from talking with her. Also, send in your sex and sexuality advice questions. I've got a couple still in the queue that I'm getting special guests to weigh in on because I want them to be handled by the right people. But then we are going to have a whole season worth that we need questions. So if you are struggling with something that has to do with sex and sexuality and the sexual culture, send me your questions, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com or you can at me on Twitter and we will get the hookup. We will we will help you out one way or the other. All right, that's all we have for you today. If you like the show, make sure you're subscribed and also go into iTunes and give us those five stars and that little tiny review. It makes me so happy to see you all just taking that two minutes to help other people find the show. It makes such a difference. Um, And also shout out to whoever it was who heard my plea last time about leaving Amazon reviews for the book. I know that it was a listener because it was like right after the first show came out. So if you have read the book and you like it, go tell Amazon whether you bought it from them or not. It really also helps people find the book there unscrewed is produced and edited as always by yours truly Jacqueline friedman our in and out music is by the pink tiles and our cover art is by nicole Donna, and was produced in collaboration with the establishment who also developed the sound cues until next week i'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives